Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in 4th edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and tonight I'm joined by several people, starting with one of my normal co-hosts, the wonderful, the amazing Matt. How you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Super excited to talk about what we're going to be talking about today. So absolutely, let's, let's get it going. Yep, this is a bonus episode, and so, but uh, as part of a bonus episode, we're bringing in some bonus people. Um, so Matt is not the only person joining us today. We have a few additional guests as well, uh, starting with the much lauded and beloved Lord of the Underdeep. How are you today, Mister Nolan? I am doing great. I am very excited, mostly. One, because we're talking about Age of Sigmar, but just in general of what about the Age of Sigmar we're talking about. Awesome. And we'll get to that in just a second. But the Lord of the Underdeep and uh, my right hand, Matt, are not the only people on today. We also have someone that you all know and love. Uh, the one that plays Thorgrim Finebeard. You know him as the dwarf that gets the party to actually do stuff instead of talk. And that would be, welcome back to the show, Kyle. How you doing, Kyle? hey I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great. Uh, so, guys, this is not our normal format for show. Uh, it's a bonus episode. We're talking Age of Sigmar. It's one of our sister games. Um, and so, we're, as I said, we're going off the normal path, um, away from Rough Up and going to the sister game, Age of Sigmar Soulbound. We recently, and when I say recently, like a couple minutes ago, just finished uh, playing uh, a game of Soulbound using the excellent starter set, which was GM'd by our very own Lord of the Underdeep, Nolan, which you did a great job, sir. Golf clap. Yes. Thank you. Um, it was awesome. So anyway, today we're going to go into our thoughts about Age of Sigmar Soulbound overall. Um, we've, now that we've actually played the system and been involved in the starter set, we've held the starter set in our hand, um, we, we wanted to let you know kind of what our thoughts are with our true experience. So, Old Worldlers, join us as we brave the Flame Scar Plateau, cross the treacherous polychromatic sea, and prepare to step through the Realm Gate as we discuss Age of Sigmar Soulbound on tonight's episode of the Old World Podcast. Gentlemen, where do we start? I, I, I mean, does, does, I, I, there's so much to talk about. I mean, just from a general standpoint. But, I mean, just having finished playing, I have a lot to say. But I really like to hear what you guys have to say. So, uh, you know what? Why don't I start? Why don't I ask you, Nolan, since you GM'd us, the, you know, the Lord of the Underdeep, you did a great job. It was a lot of fun. Um, playing through with us, I mean, what are your initial impressions? Uh, and I know this isn't the first time you've played Age of Sigmar, um, but it's certainly the first time you've had to deal with um, our insanity. Um, <laughs> so what did you think? Uh, never again. <laughs> yeah, worst experience uh, of my life. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm act no, I'm done. Uh, hanging up my Lord of the Underdeep. Uh, I'm I'm just done. Uh, like I said, you know, I've ran this system before. I've gotten into it a little bit more than I probably have Wolfrup. Honestly, I think you guys picked it up real good. You know, at the beginning where it was, uh, and we'll talk about this more with like the combat aspect of it, but. Uh, you guys knew exactly what to roll on, what, you know, 
how many successes and all that stuff. All I had to say was they have average defense and you knew exactly the target number. So I really enjoyed that. Awesome. What about you, Matt? What was your kind of just first kind of high level initial opinion now that you're done, like just overall? So the actual game mechanics in the system, I really enjoyed. I think it specifically, and I'm sure we're going to go a little bit deeper into this later, specifically when it comes to combat, I felt like combat flowed so much faster and easier in this game than it does in Wolfrup. And that's not to say that Wolfrup's bad necessarily, but like the the ease of just uh, like not having to roll for initiative and, you know, simple dice pools where, you know, you just, you have to compare. It's not like success levels versus success levels and keeping track of advantage, which is cool, but it's also a chore. In this game, you just compare what you have or what, where your, uh, what is it, attribute? Mm-hmm. Like co- combat attribute? Or your uh, combat abilities. Ability, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Compare that to the other player or the other, you know, whoever you're fighting, and that uh, gives you a target number. I really like the dice system of having the difficulty number be the target you're going for and the number of times that you need to hit that target. So, you know, you might have a difficulty number of like four, two which means out of your die pool, you need to get the number four twice. Um, I think that probably puts a little more pressure on the GM having not GM'd this. I don't, I can't say that for sure, but uh, it seems a little more uh, almost like D and D where you have to interpret the scenario a little bit more as a GM to be able to Mm. quickly give out those, those difficulty numbers and have them make Mm -hmm. sense. That said, no one. I think you did a bang up job doing that. It. it, it I'm glad ran, to hear that. Felt, I really am. all the way through. Yeah, I I agree with that too. And and I want to talk more about the basic skill checks and mechanics. But before we get there, um, Kyle, uh, just wanted to get what what was your like overall high level thoughts? Uh, yeah. So I I I really really enjoyed it. Um, it it was nice to it was like a breath of fresh air to ha- play a game that. I, I just felt like overall was a little bit more simple than Wolfrup fourth edition. Um, you know, there's not as many, you know, there's not as many just components that you're looking at each time you need to roll. I mean, the GM tells you, Hey, I need a mind channeling test. Bam. There it is. And that, you know, there's so, there's so few things to look at that. I feel like it enables you to do more actual playing instead of like, reading rules and doing other things that slow down your progress. Whereas, you know, like I said, you can, you can jump from one scenario to the other and even simple things like when you listen to our playthrough that we just did, when we were just transitioning from room to room and the navigator and the front guard and the rear guard, like it actually made that fun and interesting and not just, okay, yeah, we're just going to walk there. Like, so even even the simple things that you can do were still fun in itself. Um, so yeah, just overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Like that specifically gives everybody in the party a task, right? Like you, yeah. mm-hmm. you have this task that you are doing as we're traveling instead of just going along as a party, you know? Right. And it's not just you all going in there and then, uh, Oh, uh, do any of us see anything? Okay. Everybody roll perception. You know, it's not, I feel like this was more proactive, whereas uh, like Woofrup or other games like that can kind of be reactive. 
where mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. oh, do I see anything, by the way? Whereas if we fail a test, you know, your DM will tell you, no, you don't see anything. Whereas if you pass that test, he might say, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, you see you see a little you see some eyes from behind you. Right. So I like I like yeah. that a lot. So let's and, uh, oh, go ahead. I also would like to say that uh, I'm kind of like Wolf up and we might get into it, which also a great system in Wolf up. If you don't really have advances in anything, you really can't do it. But for this one, you know, we've had it a few times where it's like, hey, uh, make uh, this body mind check. I don't got any training or anything in in might. I still have two dice for body. I could still do that, you know. So there's right. no, hey, can't do it. Don't have a training. Yeah. You know, sorry. Nope. Could still try it. It's going to be harder, but he could still do it. Well, let's, yeah. let's like, dig which, more. That's cool because that's, I mean, that's that's real life. You know, if mm-hmm. I don't know how to drive a car, it's not like, oh, you can't drive it. You're not allowed in. You know, I could still try. I'm going to crash it, but I can try. Well, and it's a different it's a different perspective. So let's dig more into this, right? Because right now we're our, we're talking basic skill checks and mechanics, and I think this is something I really want to go into more in depth. Um, because you're right, right? So like from the basics of the way the system is, right? And we, we're comparing, right? We're a we're a Woofrup podcast, right? So of course we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna compare a lot of what we're talking about tonight to Woofrup, right? But from from a big perspective here. Right. You have like advanced skills and basic skills. And and the nice thing about Soulbound is I didn't have to worry. Is this a group skill? Is this a basic skill? I don't have to worry about that. There's a list of skills. It's short, you know, and I'm betting for Nolan when he was trying to what do I need to have them test for this? Like he didn't have to spend forever trying to figure out, well, would this be an appropriate group skill or mm-hmm. whatever? Right. Right. I, I really like that. And you see a lot of the newer, um, more narrative systems do that and and so i'm gonna a lot i'll already say a lot of my comparisons today are gonna make it look like woofrup is a bad system and it's not i prefer i'll be very upfront i prefer a narrative system a more narrative system with a little bit of complexity than a heavy complexity system and um over over the years i think i've come to believe that woofrup fourth edition is medium to heavy crunch. It actually has more crunch. There's more things you have to know. There are more places you have to flip to the book. And I yep. did not feel that way playing Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, and I got to be a player too, so that's a unique. I don't do that a lot. <laughs> but one, like, and this is going back to something that we already said. But I think the battle and just how gnarly it is in Wolfrup. I mean, this one. Okay, the guy's dead. How do you want to kill him? Whereas in the other one, it's uh, you hit a critical on his, uh, okay, what is that? Right arm. Um, okay. And that's enough to, it's not enough to kill him, uh, but he lost his arm. You know, whereas like mm-hmm. in here, you know, like you said, it's just more simple where it's, okay, that's not enough to kill him. That's it. Next. Yeah. Right. And the dice, I'm a big fan of dice pool systems too, right? Yeah. Uh, I, because I feel like um, you're, what were you talking about earlier, Kyle? Like random number generator, right? Like right. random number generator. You get more of that bell curve that moves, um, whereas like a D100 system, let's be honest, right? That is not a bell curve system. It, it, it's not. It's an old way of doing stuff. And I realize that 4th edition does that, does that for nostalgia reasons. Um, that's the mechanic, and I don't have a problem with that at all. But it's different, um, and, and it's no matter how you cut it, it's a little old school. And I really, this is much more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yeah. And, uh, and, and that was a thing where, okay, I have, I have three fives. That means three success levels. Whereas what did I roll again? What do I need to roll? Subtract that as to how many tens die. Oh, okay. I have uh, two success levels. Yep. yep. And then, and it then was like, so much easier to understand. Roll again for way. a hit location, inverts numbers as, a, as it, you roll, you know. Yeah, exactly. Doubles so, is at an interval of 11. This it way simpler, right? It's, I mean, and you, enemies. you calculate your die pool, you roll it, and you see if you succeeded. Exactly. Which reminds me a lot, a lot more like Star Wars than yes, right. uh, like Edge of the Empire than it does. Whereas your, your first playthrough of Star Wars, everybody's looking out, uh, you know, if there's a big roll, everybody's looking at the roll. And tallying it up within two seconds after mm-hmm. the roll to see, oh yeah, you know. Right. Whereas this one, it's more like, uh, uh okay, yeah, good. Right. <laughs> Woofrup has that problem, right? Because it feels like every roll requires so much calculation that you can't just glance at the dice and know if you're good. Right. Um, but I. So this is going to bring me to my first. So one of the. So. Overall, my experience playing through this has been very, very positive. I'm very impressed with the system. Um, the gameplay was a lot of fun. Um, I was a little worried that the way this system is set up, that I wouldn't have some cool moments for my character. And that definitely wasn't the case. I had some awesome moments for my mm-hmm. character. Um, but one of the things I will say that I still don't like, and I mentioned this when I read the rule book, and I haven't GM this, so to be 100% honest... I I really feel like I need to be in the GM chair before I can completely commit to saying I don't like this. But having two different difficulty numbers, right? Six, one, four, one, or four, two, right? And it's not hard, right? It's not hard to figure out, okay, two successes equals one success or whatever, right? For you to, to, to succeed, the number of successes you need to succeed, right? The first number is a number that you have to roll on the die. And the second number is the number of dice you have to beat, meet or beat that number in order to succeed. It's not hard, but my question is why? Like, does the complexity number really need to be there? Like, to me, it takes an elegant, simple system, adds a level of complexity that I'm wondering, was it worth it? And I don't know that I have the answer there, but I can tell you my first playthrough, I'm glad I wasn't the GM. And I want to know, what do you think, Nolan? What do you think of that complexity number? Because I'm not a fan still. Mm-hmm. So, I like I said, I have no problem with that because only the only time the complexity really came into play was for non-combat things, One you could say. I mean, yes, spell casting and yes, uh, miracles – one would argue that yes, we had the complexity and stuff like that. Uh, but hey, I'm trying to remember some mind thing, you know. Hey, how difficult is it, and how is it really reaching knowledge, you know? So I guess no, I really had no problem with it. I thought it was easy uh, to do stuff like that. I will admit, a lot of the stuff was kind of already in uh, the starter set. But some of that stuff were so earlier, as you guys remember, you're like, hey, do we know if these, uh, you know, monsters that we fought, are they going to be resistance to magic or something like that? I was like, all right, well, you know, they're demons. So that's going to be a little bit difficult, you know, not something you'll see every day. So there's a five target number of five. All right. And you're kind of really asking something specific. It's going to be a little bit harder complexity. Five three two four two is usually the bare minimum. 
So I'll just increase the difficulty, increase the complexity. So like on a knowledge check, you mean? Like that's a bare minimum? Uh, yeah, like on a knowledge check. So, or like so that. I actually, okay, so no, you made a good point. I actually really like complexity in knowledge checks because mm -hmm. it really allows you to like, well, this is like to get down to a specific level of knowledge. Like you could argue like, well, you didn't hit the complexity, but you got four successes. Here's some general information that you yeah. know. Right. Like, so I like, I actually, you make a good point. I like that. I don't know. Um, what about you, Matt and Kyle? What, what did you think about the complexity? I think without it, the dice system would be too simple. You that think so? It, it adds, it, it's, it, if anything, it would make it harder for a GM, right, to on the fly. And certainly like you'd, as time goes by, you're going to figure it out. Even like you said, Nolan, like you just know your baseline is going to be four, two. Right. Mm -hmm. And from there, if it's, you know, and even the way it's, it's ex been explained by cubicle seven and in the rules, like it makes sense that sometimes things that are really easy to do are actually quite time consuming and complex. Therefore the complexity lemmer would be higher. Uh, whereas other things are really hard to do, but not super complex. So mm -hmm. the, the balance on that makes sense. I think it's just a matter of the GM really, like understanding it to the point where it's just, it's smooth. And I think any GM in the system will get to that point. And I don't, I mean, I don't think it would take that long to get there. And, and the only thing that I'll say is that, you know, when, when Lance said that he didn't like it, I was trying to think, you know, like what, if, if you don't want to do it that way, what could you do? And the only thing that I thought of were the extremes where you either do the D 100 and go back that, that way, or you go, I mean, and this is my, you know, I'm referencing it again, the star Wars RPG dice system, because mm -hmm. I, you know, without the difficulty and all that, I mean, what do you say just for every check, it's a five or a three or, you know, so like, you know, so I, I don't know how you would correct that. Um, if you didn't like this, you know, if you wanted to scratch this dice system and do it over again, I'm not sure what the right answer would be. But like I said, if you don't do it this way, I feel like a dice system like Star Wars RPG with hits and crits and, you know, and then changing a purple to a red, like for difficulty, like I feel like that would be the only other option outside of like the D100 system. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this yeah. is like a sweet middle ground that does take a second to learn. But then once you learn it, you got it, I think. I think every game system that I've played, it puts pressure on the GM to be able to understand those things, right? right. So even in, even in yeah. Star Wars, it, you just get to where you, you kind of understand the scenario, understand the situation, and you can easily say that's uh, you know two purple dice and one black uh, setback die. And or in Wolfrup, like, oh, this is an average test or... You know, even in D and D, like giving a target number, those things will come to you, yeah, with time. That's and true. this, this, you know, is uh, I don't think it's any different. And I think but, in uh, Star Wars, like the players even start to learn, right? Like, I, sure. you know, how many times when we were playing, Matt, would I, you know, would I say like, yeah, you want me to change that purple to a red, right? And you would say like, yeah, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. because I know this is, you know, I got a lot of dice here which means it's going to be a pretty easy check if it stays the way that it is. But I know you'll want to increase the difficulty. So I know what you need to do that. Yeah. And that so. I think goes back to where playing role-playing games shouldn't be 
the players versus the GM, right? It's a right. whole group that is telling a story and developing characters and things. So regardless of whether, you know, there could be some tweaks to this system, it ran so smooth the whole time. It really yeah, did. I never, I literally never once felt like the die rolling was cumbersome or that it slowed things down. That's true. And so maybe, but, maybe this is just, I need to, 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 get some experience more experience with it because i will admit the complexity thing by the end of the game was something i wasn't even thinking about anymore uh, compared to the the beginning and like while i'm thinking about it so like obviously the dice system you know was kind of lance's con about the game honestly the only thing that i was i and i thought it multiple times during the playthrough is that metal is so op that like (laughs) there needs to be like some way where like it doesn't come back that fast because attacking twice every turn for every character i mean that was insane Mm -hmm. but but also it was epic right and it it was it was cool but like i said the only way that the only way that nolan got any hits on us was to absolutely swarm us with like 20 enemies Mm -hmm. because we were hitting everybody twice so i mean when when we had the first uh, fire hunters or whatever they were called, I mean, didn't we kill two before they even got to move or yeah. something? You know, because we hit them twice before they even got to the third third turn order, and it was like the fact. Yeah. That, you know, I like what you can do with it, but maybe the fact that you get one back every turn, maybe change that to every other turn. You know, just just to make it that a little bit harder. Um, I will also admit so. While it might seem like you know you're a bit OP now, uh, while the fire hunters might have hurt you a bit, while that you know uh, chaos layer might have hurt you a bit, while that last fight might have hurt you a bit, those are just basic enemies. I mean, you yeah, fought that's true. really because yeah, there's yeah. it's a starter set too. Yeah, yeah. right. And uh, yeah, you don't want to TPK on it? your first starter set. Uh, Players probably won't want to play. I, very I much. tried. Uh, I had something <laughs> earlier today. I was like, you, you eh, if I, I go now, I can go do something else. <laughs> um, I got tea time. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, but no, so like there's four levels of monsters in there. So there's chosen champions, uh, warriors, and minions. Mostly of what you guys are fighting were minions and warriors. Right. You know, what's going to happen when you face a champion? Who has yeah. metal of its that's own? That's true. Who has, oh, that you would know? be. Ooh, I mean, yeah. basically, you guys yeah, are like, true. oh, I do 10 damage. Okay, well, he has only one armor, so you do nine damage. Oh, he only has four HP. I guess he's gone. Right. Or, you know, you could get. Oh, a, he's got a metal of his own and can hit mm-hmm. you for. Yeah. 10 yeah. 10, that, that then you might be looking at it a little differently. Or something like it's think- like, okay, this guy has. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think one of the Seraphons, uh, it's the uh, Croxigors. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe they can roll like 86 for like their weapon skill. They have superb, you know, yeah. uh, for an attack. Uh, we, we never saw above good. And when we did, it was because of a talent or something. If you start mm-hmm. looking at some of those where the, the, uh, combat abilities are if you were hot like really high in one of those that gives mm-hmm. you such a big advantage yeah. yeah well that so i was and and this was only my other thing is like character creation for me is my favorite part of any rpg 
Yeah. Uh, like the system can be good, you know, whatever, I, you know, I don't really care about I, that. Isn't going to be like a deal breaker for me as long as the character creation is good. So I would be very, I would love to like create a character in this and actually play through it. But if you look, we didn't play arguably the strongest character just yeah. build wise in the, of the starter set, the, uh, the, the Kurnoth hunter? hunter, he is he's pretty good. Um but you know, I I wanted to test out the magic and see how that was. I really like that, but I would I would love to create a character in this and actually like play through play through yeah. a couple a couple yeah. episodes. But if I also I... would like to sorry, I would like to bring up one other thing because yeah. what's we'll kind of get into the combat because we were talking about uh you know, okay, your melee attack versus defense, and that's how you calculate stuff. In the bestiary, uh, you can fight Mega Gargans, whose melee attack is incalculable, which is Sheesh. basically one step above extraordinary. <laughs> you know, and what's so? What do you do? You start at uh, target number of four, and you know, out. So this is what I think of the ladder. You know, at first it might seem a little like, okay, you know, what's this? What's this? You know, okay, I have this defense. You know, this is what he's gonna hit on me. I think you guys, by the end of uh, the session, you knew exactly. It was like, all right, he has an average. Okay, I'm hitting on this. Oh, he has great. Oh, that's too higher. Stuff like right. that. So the Mega Gargant has incalculable. That's <laughs> one higher than extraordinary. If that's you have, wild. If you have uh, even superb defense, he's still hitting. That's still too higher. He's still hitting on twos. Yeah, and you're so getting you have wrecked. really high yeah. defense, yeah. still getting crushed. Yeah, you know? I think the point was made that we and we don't want to go like too spoilery. I don't think we have been yet. Um, in the combats that we were in, we were we were only fighting like the low level people, right? Right. And yeah, again, trying not to spoil. There was a moment where we were able to clear effectively clear room in a single action. Right. So imagine not having the weapon that we used in that scenario, how much different th that fight would have been. Right. Yeah, that's right. True. So right. Like, given some of the, you know, the luck and the fortune that we've had uh, is going to, I think, have an impact on the overall like difficulty and, and equipment too. Right. Like right. if yeah. you think about it, I mean, we haven't even at this point, we haven't played through all of it. We're planning on finishing We're about, like what? Two thirds of the way. Or so, yeah, somewhere. you're about maybe a little over two thirds or something like that. But okay. I'd also like to point out something else. Everybody but Zahn always was able to attack before the enemy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you get higher or stronger enemies, you might have an enemy that has mm, six, eight initiative. That's before all of you. So, right. yes, while you're able to. Uh, so, Kyle was uh, Imran, who was our basically let's just say our magic user was able to use the spell wiped out almost an entire room in one spell all right anybody else would look at that be like all right that's that's no fun you know like okay now i can't do anything but they're extremely weak what would have happened if uh they had maybe two hp and had a 10 initiative right all of them did and you saw what happened when they all channel right. together right yeah, yeah and and i mean we had three soul fire right mm -hmm. which i mean if you're playing in a campaign 
Yeah, you're not you're gonna... gonna burn it that fast. You're gonna be <laughs> much more careful with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. It's so... a one shot, so we were just like <laughs> exactly. So that, that whatever. Came up I was actually surprised how you guys were like, "Oh, it's first combat. Let's blow two soul fire." <laughs> like I'm just sitting here like. Uh, These guys are like, idiots. That's the whole thing like in those TV shows. Like this would be in the TV shows where like the next page is everyone dies. <laughs> hey, that's that's the old world podcasters for you right there. Yeah, yep, that is. Well, but like that's the thing. Half of it though, I think, was also we wanted to experience everything the system had to offer. Yeah, and yep. and I think that it, it was good to do that because uh, heck, I even made decisions that I knew were extremely risky just to see what yeah. the system would do. Um, for sure. Yeah, I would play it, but then again, I mean, I know this group pretty well and i don't know that they would have played it all that differently if it were a long-term campaign <laughs> so yeah this i i mean just to sum it up i mean i know we're gonna you know get into different things but like this is something that like i said i would be very 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 interested to like play again yeah. like just from my first perspective you know first first playthrough i'm like wow i want to get my hands in there and dig a little bit deeper into it and you know try out some different stuff whereas you know if, if there's a bad game you know you, you're already like nope I don't, i'm done i don't want to play yeah. anymore and this was the opposite of that well, i, I want to play again and one of the things too right like the world is so deep i mean yeah. we were talking like in this starter set we're talking about this ancient civilization that once used to have this city and and potentially constructed this or that or you know, I was just like, holy cow, we have that yeah. much. I mean, Age of Sigmar, the the whole, the the realms didn't exist 10 years ago, right? Like, and, and it, they already have a ton of lore mm -hmm. and background. So it's, it's really interesting. Like, you're technically on the third age because there's the yeah. Age of Myth, the Age of Chaos, and you guys are in the Age of Sigmar. So, like, and this wasn't just, oh, you know, like, so, all right, I might throw out some bad information but like with lord of the rings it was like all right how long ago was the age of man and the age of this and stuff like that like no the age of chaos the one age before this was centuries ago you know hundreds of centuries ago how long ago was the age of myth compared to that you know yeah so there's been tons of empires that have risen and fall in just one age so i think the theme of age of sigmar soulbound is probably one of the the things i like the least about this and not that it's bad because it's epic and it's badass and you know soulbound are these like just incredible like superheroes essentially but i feel like from an accessibility standpoint anybody that i'm teaching wolf rip to i can tell them that it is think fantasy the fantasy that you know it's right. similar to that with some tweaks, right? And you can explain it as you go. With this mm -hmm. one, I feel like there's so many more elements to it that the world is more complex and therefore it's going to be less, I think I would be less likely to try to... Um, try to get a group to, together of mm -hmm. people. Yeah, that, be, because, it, mm -hmm. you know, trying to... How much more confident uh, are you playing a game if you know the system like the mm -hmm. back of your hand, right? Kyle, if I was like, hey, dude, let's play the Witcher role-playing game, you'd be all about it because you'd walk in there knowing yeah. the history, yeah. knowing the characters, knowing what, you know, where the sun rises and sets because you know how it goes. And this one, I don't get that feeling. Not that that's a bad thing necessarily. Understanding of the world is going to come in time. 
but that that's one of the spots for me at least the where I give it a little bit of a knock that it's just it would be a lot harder to I introduce agree. to people that aren't already familiar with the mm-hmm. world. So one thing I want to we're we're having some good discussion here but I want to I want to move on to combat um because I know we've talked a little bit about it um but I think that there's a lot in the combat section um like what we've learned in combat and and what we think about it um, that we haven't touched on that I think is is really interesting. So obviously we touched a little bit on initiative and how some of the basic tests and stuff work. Um, but I guess I'd, I'm really interested to hear your guys' thoughts now that we've actually played out several combats. Um, what we what we've, we so I think we've already said that we like it. Can we dig a little more? Like what what is it that we really liked uh, about it? You know what's different that was that was fun. Honestly, I'll let you guys go first, but I will say, like, I like it just because of kind of how I know there's kind of like a little bit of a salt or bad taste in people's mouths. We'll insane it, but streamlined. I mean, what do you got to do when you make an attack roll and, you know, wolf rub? All right, I got to roll. All right, now I got to subtract my tens. All right, so I got a plus three. Oh, the orc got a plus, you know five all right so i guess uh i didn't do anything or okay i did better than him now we got to do the difference and this it's like hey i have a good defense all right sorry not good defense i have good attack you have poor all right look on the ladder uh which i will admit at first i didn't like the ladder i didn't understand it but once you really you start at four are you one better you're three are you two better two all right, go back to four. Are you one worse? Five. Are you two worse? Six. It's all you need to know. In in play, that definitely it played really well. It was a it lot did. smoother than mm-hmm. I remember when we talked about it. Uh, what well, had to been close to a year ago. Well, I remember. Ago. I remember. I didn't initially like it at all until I found out that it was on the character sheet. Yeah, that's uh, nice. Yeah. Yup. And and I think, but even then, right by the time we got to the end of our session it was very simple very mm-hmm. very simple yep. so let me let me ask you guys this because here's a point i want to make that's that i think is huge um in that last combat that we did what were you using to like make decisions and make that combat because to me me number of times i opened the book in that last combat zero number of times i looked at the player aids Zero. I literally only looked at my character sheet. That mm-hmm. is it. And I was mm-hmm. making, I mean, obviously the map and what we were talking about, but I was making decisions and playing my character literally with only my character sheet. Um, I cannot tell you that I've ever done that in a game like Wolf Rup. Even, even, I don't know, Star Wars might be that way, right? That's another game we have a lot of experience with if you if you can't tell from the, you know us bringing it up a lot, but the Genesis system and stuff. But I, I, I can't I can't believe that I played almost an entire combat there without looking at anything other than my character sheet. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, that's, that's what I really like about this is that, you know, I would say if you think Warhammer, you know, fourth edition takes too long in combat and it's too confusing, you come over to here and you're going to love it. And, you know, vice versa. If you play this and you're like, wow, okay, uh, this is kind of like combat's kind of boring, jump over to Warhammer 4th mm-hmm. edition and you're going to get what you want. Because I agree where I I personally liked how 
you know, how once you understand it, yeah, like you said, I'm not looking at my player sheet. I know what I need to hit. And as long as I memorize, you know, what incapacitated means, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that a lot personally. Yeah. And I, I got to imagine, I didn't GM this, but I, I raved about this when we reviewed the uh, B series. Everything you need to run the monsters to me seemed like it's in a very easy stat block. Like, I, I is that. Is that accurate, Nolan? I mean, did everything you needed basically was in the stat blocks? You didn't have to go digging around for stuff to run those minions and things you were fighting? Uh, yeah. Honestly, that's right where it was. Like you were saying, all you had in front of you was your character sheet. All I really had in front of me was my core book to the side, which is just open to the ladder. And then I would have the uh, the faltering lights at the bottom. They have all the monsters that you will most likely encounter all right so it's like all right you're this creature okay he's on average okay you're this boom done you know all right moving to the next one so yeah i really think uh there wasn't really much that you had to go dig for you know maybe a special talent because it they don't really have that on there um it's like all right what does ren do okay well uh, every six I roll, they lose one armor. Okay, I guess I gotta go find that, you know, where it says that. But once you know that, all right, that's that. That's this. So I think when Woofrup, one of the areas where it really struggles um, is when you're in a big combat with a creature that has a bunch of traits. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It mm-hmm. can literally, and that may be the case in Soulbound too, t- to be fair. We never came across a creature that was like, you know, had six different traits and these special abilities and special circumstances. So it, it might be the case here too, but that is definitely one thing. Probably my least favorite thing about Wolfrop is that uh, when you get to one of those big things, you've got sizes to consider, you've got ranges and, and all these different traits that can just, it can take something that's flowing really well and s- s- just completely hit the brakes. Um, I never felt that way about this, that even when we needed to stop to look up a trait, it was more straightforward. Some of the traits are like keywords essentially that are associated with talents and things may not even function or with your, you may have a keyword on your weapon that might not have do have any function in game unless you have a corresponding talent, which just, again, it, it, it flowed so well. It was maybe some of the fastest moving combat in any role-playing game that I've played. And that is huge when combat is such a big part of these games. So one of the things I love about Wolfer Fourth Edition is um, the fact that you can get like like options in combat. Like there's like things like bleeding and like sickness and conditions and rolling on corruption tables and all that. That stuff is so much fun. It's awesome. But where you're lying to yourself if you're saying it's easy or fast because it's not. Yeah. Um, and so one of the great benefits of fourth edition comes with the other side of the, the sword, if you will, it's, it's double edge is it makes it complex and it makes things take longer. Um, so, and I would say this is the other side of the coin, right? The, this is super simple, super great. Um, you know, and, but if you're really, you know, there are times like, you know, I was sitting there like, man, this would be great time to have, you know, a, uh, a crit table role here, you know, with, you know, some blood spurting all over the place kind of situation. Well, that's not what Age of Sigma really is. 
Um, there's mm-hmm. some stuff like that, but mostly, you know, that kind of stuff is in Wolfram. So they're doing different things. So I, I, we're, I want to be clear. I'm not saying fourth edition is bad, but I'm saying that it is kind of a fre- breath of fresh air after, you know, to just do something that's simple and straightforward. Um, 100%. Yeah. And this, yeah. go ahead. So I was gonna say this system felt a lot more hack and slash where like I yeah. wasn't as concerned about running into a room because I knew I could use my metal to get multiple attacks and mm-hmm. like you know whereas Wolfrup is more of like that heavy RPG you know where mm-hmm. you're you're a lot ca- more careful about what you're doing because you know it's well you and, could get caught off guard and get in trouble and, yeah. and I think that plays into what was my you know like uh, one of my underlying favorite things about this is that you know I think I think you know, it was mentioned, I don't remember if it was on a recording or before, but like, you're not just a normal person in here. You're a mm-hmm. badass. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You are, you're not just a normal peasant who just happens to be on this adventure with a pitchfork. You're not a like, beggar. You're, you're not a merchant. You're not a, is literally the best of the best at something. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that's really cool that, you know, because like I, you felt, you feel like a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like where it's, you know, it's like all the old, you know, games or, you know, like the games that you would play. It's like it it honestly reminded me of that old, old Lord of the Rings video game where I don't know. I think it was literally just called Lord of the Rings, the two towers where you play as them and you can like level them up and like upgrade things like that's what this reminded me of, where it's like, what kind of badass do I want to be? Okay, right. now I'm that person, and now I can advance. Whereas, like in Wolfrup, you you pray that you eventually turn into like <laughs> kind of a badass. That, after a decade, yes, yeah. after, after, yes. After playing, you know, once a month for ten years, you might feel that way. Yeah. But, so yeah. definitely, you. I think you nailed it. Where you said you feel like a hero, you feel like a badass, to where you're not afraid. Um, in the starter set, there was a moment where we had the opportunity to either try to sneak past a group or face them head, head first. Didn't feel like there was even an option. Like it didn't feel like it was a big enough threat. Whereas in Warhammer in Woofrup, if we came up on a group of five people, I'd be like, we're getting the hell out of here mm-hmm, yeah. we are not we're gonna die are you kidding me we can't do and, this and i and like, I we're think... gonna sneak or we're gonna lay down our weapons and ask you know yeah yeah for forgiveness and and i think and i think that's what made this so fun is because it removes a lot of the you know oh what do we do what's the plan you know where you can sit and chit chat for 30 minutes where it's like no let's go yeah. let's get in there right now i want yeah. i want to see blood on the end of this blade yeah. See, and, and sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and and like I said, uh, you know, I keep, you know, we've we've all mentioned it a couple times where it's like, you know, that's a breath of fresh air where it's like, I just I don't want to think about consequences or any of that stuff. <laughs> I just want to go destroy something. I want to feel powerful, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. like that's what you feel when you play this. And 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 that's and that's cool. But in in so and I keep coming back to this right. Because I really think that this really underscores something. These two games are almost polar opposite of each other when you think about it, right? Because don't get me wrong. I think it's a lot, a ton of fun. I wouldn't make a podcast with my friends to talk about this woofer up 
if I didn't think it was an amazing, cool way, the, the, the mud and grit and grim and, and like, you know, your, your best hope, like Kyle talks about, Oh, I might feel like a badass eventually. Like, I don't, I don't know where he's getting that. It'll ever happen. Like, like <laughs> to, to me, it's like your best bet is that you'll die and it won't be meaningless. Like yeah. that's, and, but there's something that's interesting and fun to role play in a world like that. Right. Um, and I think it's a lot of fun. It's why Woofrup is so popular, but this is a polar opposite. And, you know, it's, it's also fun to just be, be a badass. Like I, my, yeah. fa- my favorite part of this, of our, our actual play, and I won't ruin anything is I looked at Matt's character with my character and we were just like Kyle mentioned, right? Like, and, and, and Matt had mentioned earlier, there was Let's discussion. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then we both kind of looked at each other and like the right thing, you know, like, and we just went in. Like, we're like, we're yeah, doing yeah. it. We don't care. Death like, to the enemies of Sigmar. And that's all that matters. You know, I would say I would say for people that like haven't played much RPGs and just listen for like the lore. I mean, if you play a video game and put it on easy, <laughs> like that's like that's kind of what this is where you're just playing it just because it's fun to feel you know feel awesome and then if you put it you know if you're playing you know uh you know a game on like the max difficulty that's what you're playing is like warhammer where it's like <laughs> it's different in a fun way mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're both super fun but yeah. one it's just nice to just feel almighty and then the other one it's like it's fun because like i feel vulnerable and I know that if I make the wrong choice, I can't go back, but they're still fun. Yeah. Yeah. I get the impression that it felt like there was less opportunities to role play in this, that because again, because of the setting and because it's like, oh man, these cities and things are just destroyed and it's, you know, everything's in ruins, uh, at least in the part that we were playing through. It didn't feel like I had the opportunity to really flex my role playing muscles as much as it was just you know, run and gun and have fun and fight. Uh, and uh, just another quick point, Kyle, you mentioned that like in Wolfrup, you can play forever to finally become like a little bit of a badass. And then two goblins surprise you cut off both of your arms and you bleed to death. Like, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the difference there. And to your, and to your RPG, like you're actually like role playing point. Like I fully agree with that, but I also, I, I personally felt that way at the very, you know, like after the first chance to encounter, try not to give anything away, like the first chance to communicate with people, I felt that way as well. But I didn't, I don't think I necessarily felt that way because of the style of game that this is. I personally felt that way because I didn't build my character, mm-hmm. you know, like I, yeah. all I have to go off of are a couple connections and a couple secrets. Yeah, you know, I didn't build my backstory. Essentially, I didn't like two two paragraphs worth of yeah, you know, so like of, yeah, you know, so it was hard to you know make an interaction when I'm not sure how my character would react anyway. Sure, Lord, you know? Lord of the Underdeep, you you've been quiet for a little bit here. Jump in here, uh, man. Here, and the thing is, you know, while yes, I do agree, you know, how badass you know you could possibly be. Uh, and not saying, you know, duck, cause like I said, I had a lot of fun with you guys. Uh, you, you know, besides my other friend group, you were probably the first ones I've ever role played, you know, GM'd for, uh, and just going through all these monsters, like I said, uh, 
not to think like, oh, you know, they were badasses and we're just able to cut through. Uh, you guys were, yeah, a lot of weak enemies, you know, yeah, you were easily able to. But what would happen, you know, if, because like we were saying earlier, uh, Brimstone Horrors, uh, uh, if this swarm happens, you guys might be in trouble. So you guys were making sure this swarm didn't happen, you know. While, yes, you could say, oh, that was more a mechanic thing. Could you not also say that was a bit of role play? You know, yeah. sure. once you saw that happen, you could be like, you know, don't let them swarm you. You know, you were more worried about killing the weakest enemies than the big enemy in front of you. I think, because I think we were more because we knew what the consequences. Yeah, would be, sure, we, we right? were yeah. also I would argue we were more we were more caring about keeping the uh the Gret the Griff Hound safe. Uh, than yeah, anything that's else. true. Like you, you guys. Uh, uh, like a part of me was like, it's like, uh, I, I don't want to kill that Griff Hound, <laughs> but if the dice gods demand it, I guess that Griff Hound will die. I think you guys did more damage to that Griff Hound than I did. I don't think I ever touched it. <laughs> I don't think I did any damage. To it. damage. It almost that's died, hilarious. and it was our fault. It, I yeah, don't think that's wrong because you had the grenade. Yeah. You had uh, the. Uh, and then my my blast. my blast, yeah, yeah. arcane blast. To, yeah, for six damage, yeah. To you be almost... fair, guys, I want us to think about this too. We're talking about how badass it was, sure, but we right we played the equivalent of playing in one session and blowing all of our fate and all of our you mm -hmm. know resilience yeah. and resolve all in one session. You played it to the wall. Which yeah. If you played a yeah. wolf session like that, you you do can do the same kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you would right? be like, badass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, I will uh, say, I, uh, I'm sure we'll experience this as we play more. Um, like you mentioned, Nolan, you add one champion into the mix. How, I, I'm very interested to see how yeah. much that would change. You know, when we're not just going up against the scrubs and the, you know, the hordes yeah. of nameless whatever that we're trying to just cleave through. You put somebody up there that can hit back and hit hard and cast mm -hmm. a spell and I think it would really give us a, a different uh, experience overall. I was going to say, and most of them, you know, no armor. That's another thing that's completely different. And yeah. we are like, oh, I got armor on my, you know, my my uh, arms. Oh, I got nothing in my legs, so I guess I take full damage. In this system, it's like, no, I got one armor. Anywhere you hit me is one armor. Yep. Yeah. yeah but and that like could also, you know, like we said, you know, stronger enemies will have more armor and all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of I those think... peons you killed were, you know, no armor. Yeah. You know? But I would still... Okay, so I went and I had to go look this up on my phone because our, our bonus episode where we actually reviewed, it was our last one, The Age of Sigmar, we we titled it um, Fantasy Injected with Badassery. I, I still think that, I mean, we could yeah. we could argue... After today, I would argue that the the title of this episode should be still injected with badassery like it, it mm -hmm. hasn't it, it's still that is the it is very clear this game was designed to be very different than wolfrup and and it does yeah. a good job at what it's trying to do and i could sum it up like this if i wanted to play a game and feel great about myself i would play this game if I yeah. wanted to play a game yeah. and feel bad about myself and think my character sucks, my character is terrible, I I need to get more experience to make them better, I would play Wolfrup 4th Edition. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I, 
You know what? I'll agree to that. You know, like I said, I love Agent Happy, Sigmar. I killed so many people. Like, this was a lot of fun. And then Warfare, yeah. I'm like, well, I didn't die. Yep. So, so that, that's a plus for today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, well, guys, man, I think we've we've talked a little bit about uh, kind of the combat, the mechanics, what we thought overall. We also talked a bit about the setting um, and uh, and just everything that kind of that helped to make the setting what it was. Um, uh, I, I would like to talk about the starter set specifically, and, and I want to be careful not to give out any spoilers if we can uh, avoid it. But um, I have had a chance to physically touch and handle and open and go through the, the starter set. I got a lot of things to say about that. Um, but I guess I wanted to get everyone's take so far just on, and I know it's going to be difficult to do without spoilers, so maybe we don't have a lot to say, but the adventure uh, itself. Um, I take from everyone's comments, we all enjoyed it, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I yeah, I, I'll definitely yeah. say I I really enjoyed it. But to Matt's point, I have no clue what we're doing. Like, <laughs> I know we were. Somebody asked us to do something, you know. And I'm trying to be vague here. Somebody asked us to do something, but just from my lack of general knowledge of this like world, I couldn't tell you why. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I. You know, I was trying to pay attention, but there was so much new information There's and so a many lot. names yeah. and yeah. so much stuff yep. where I was like, I mean, I'm just going to do whatever I think we're supposed to do because I don't really know why. Yeah. Yeah. We had fun, right? So, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I, I would agree with that too. Um, and from the, uh, well, first off, the books, right? We have, uh, so it comes with two books. It comes with the Bright Spear City Guide and the Faltering Light Adventure book. Um, I've looked through both of them, like, in person. They're, I mean, it's the same high quality we've come to expect from Cube yep. 7 as normal. Um, and so they, they, they could easily say they mirror what we saw in the Wolfrup starter yep. set, right? The uh, Guide to Uber's Reich and the adventure book that's in there, like, separate books. One that's straightforward, let's get you in, let's get you playing. And one that's like, all right, let's expand more, let's show you more, let's, you know get you mm -hmm. a better understanding of the the location and right. what life is like. Cause that's something that it's hard to, without really knowing about the age of Sigmar, it's hard to really comprehend what life would be like right. for people living in that world. And that's, I think one of the places where I struggle the most is like, what, uh, what is life like? You know, like, you know mm -hmm. do people go to the bar? Do they have fun or is it just everything doom and gloom? So that's where having those two separated like that, I think it's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant yeah. uh, product, uh, the way of managing that. And, and Nolan, what did you think about uh, the adventure module from a standpoint of how useful was it for you to run us through? Um, like, did you find prep easy, hard? Like, just what was your opinions as using this adventure module for a GM? So, okay, so I'll say right off the bat, I don't have the physical copy. I'm doing the PDF. So take that information also with this. Uh, it was real nice because when we did our first combat, it even says laid out like, hey, this is your first combat. This will be the order of, you know, initiative. If these people are not in it, you know, uh, remove these this person from it. So we didn't have uh, the treatment drop. It still had what drock would probably do in the first round of combat if they're not in it uh just skip this part no problem 
Um, so that's what it was. So the first combat was very much a handhold, like, okay, this is what you could do. Hey, you want to spend metal? This is what metal can do. So it very much uh, helped follow through. Then the second combat, you know, uh, and I mean, like, the second actual combat, you know, like, also try not to the spread this one. I believe you guys know what I'm talking about as in the second actual combat you had. Um, you know, it was a little bit more, okay, you know, some of the reins will be slightly taken off. And then the third actual combat, it was just, it's a normal combat, you know, like something you would probably do any session, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I also will say, like I said, because I'm in the PDF, everything was kind of like jumbled around because it would be like, Hey, if you succeed on the navigation check, go here. If you had more successes, go here. If they failed, you'll go here. And then it would be like a couple pages down or something. It would say like, Hey, go here. You would go here for this one, go here for this one. So it wasn't like you succeeded. It's here. You passed with more. It's here. You failed. It's here. Like it, you actually had to scroll down a little bit. Okay, this is where we are. All right, scroll back up to where we are in the thing. All right, read more. All right, scroll back down. So I will say that kind of was a little – it stinked or it sucked. Um, but maybe if I had the actual – The physical copy. The yeah. actual physical, yeah. it would be a lot better. Something so I don't hold pages, it against right? it for that. But it's just something if somebody has the PDF, that's – it's going to happen for that. Yeah. So it it sim there's some similarities uh, with that. It sounds like with um, the the fourth edition uh, starter set, though the fourth edition starter set very much goes into uh, sandbox type of campaign, which it yeah. doesn't seem like this one does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a it's a little bit different. Um, but I will say, I will say that uh, again, just from my experience having ran the Wolfrip starter set and playing this and then comparing it to all of the star Wars starter sets, which I've done all four of those edge, of the empire age of rebellion force and destiny and the force awakens all of the, the star Wars ones. I felt like they, they held your hand as you were going through, like you flipped a page and there was, the, you know, those two pages, that was your next encounter. This is what you say to answer these questions. This is what you rule. Uh, and I, it seems like in looking through the adventure book from this and playing through and GMing the adventure in uh, Wolfrup. Uh, it's not, it doesn't quite hold your hand like that. It, it forces, puts the onus on you a little bit more to understand and make decisions. So I, I think, mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and I almost, I equate that difference um, as a, not necessarily as a, is like a mistake, but a design choice. I think that um, both Age of Sigmar and Wolfrup were designed to be, multi-use for um you know experienced mm-hmm. like very experienced yeah. role players that ha- have years of woofer up and still to get value out of it um versus where i think the beginner games from star wars while i you could very much argue that but like someone that's been playing star wars for you know 20 years um could probably skip this the beginner games like yeah I, I, it might not be worth it to them um, or you'd need to you'd yeah. need to adapt it, right? You yeah. need your own grognard boxes to like yeah. make it, you know, yeah, playable so I, for somebody with a lot of experience. Yeah, so I but I it, equate I equate that to a design choice, I guess is is what I'm sure. saying. But 
And you know, another thing I wanted to bring up too. So the starter set has those pre-made characters, the gatefolds, which oh yeah, <laughs> it's they're so good. Yeah, those the the concept of the gatefold on the uh, Wolfrip starter set, the Age of Sigmar starter set. Those character pre-made characters are just fantastic. Yeah, you get a full page of art that's great. You get. I love how before you open it up and see any of their stats, you get a little box on the side of the front that is, you know, this, these are things that you'd expect to hear them say, who is this person? What are they like? Why would you want to play this character? And that makes picking somebody so much easier than just looking at a character sheet and trying to interpret what all this stuff means right and they did that in fourth it was a home run in fourth and i think it had such good feedback they used it again in age of sigmar but yeah a lot of people a lot of times i could tell you when if i had all the choices i would look at the pictures and be like these three look cool and then i could read those little sections that you just talked about yep. and then i could easily yep. narrow it down to what i would want to yep. play um, and then I like that too, because it keeps you from having wandering eyes for two things, right? Like, um, by doing the gatefold concept, I'm not looking at what the stats of the character is. I'm You're not looking trying about to min-max. What, mm-hmm, exactly. And the other piece is I'm not, I'm not learning details about this character by digging into it. Um, on, for like the secrets and the connections and the goals, right. That might be better for me not to know as another player playing a different character at the table. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah it's a and it's it's very it's it's high quality like a thicker paper very well done it, it's in you know all color just beautiful gorgeous um which is i don't know just i i love it <laughs> yeah i hope to see yeah. character sheets like this or you know starter shit starter set sheets like this um in in more systems and more games to come because it it's super nice yeah having one one of the flaps on the inside give you, you know, brief explanations on what talents are, what initiative is, metal, armor, toughness, wounds, accuracy, attacks, a little, you know, a tiny little sheet or a little table to show you some stuff uh, on how attacking uh, affects the difficulty number. It's all, it's all right there. It's really nice. These character sheets are a shining point of the starter set for sure. Yeah, and another mm-hmm. gatefold, they do the read this first um, thing as a gatefold as well, which um, just has, it's the same thing as 4th edition did, right? J- a very brief, what can I fit in this that tells me what is a GM, how do I play? Like, they're they're trying to make sure they include something in here for the people that have, like, potentially never played a role-playing game, right? You need to, sure. to cover that. Yeah. And it also, hey, maybe you know zero about the mortal realms. Maybe you've never heard the 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 concept of Warhammer before. Well, you know this is it's not much, but it's enough just to give you enough to to start and not know what you're getting into. Right. So that's mm-hmm. good too. Another thing in here is uh, the reference sheets. So I know you guys we use these reference sheets uh, today in our game. I had those PDFs up on multiple tabs and I went to them multiple times. Excellent reference sheets. Yeah. Same here. What did you think about how easy it was to find information? Like, and like any time that soul fire got mentioned, I just pulled it right up and I could see exactly, you know, Mm -hmm. certainly the, the core book's going to give you more in depth and there's probably more tiny little rules and things to concern yourself with. But yeah, for a table reference, absolutely excellent. Uh, top notch. Yeah. 
the actions in combat all being in one place on and and by the way, these uh, reference sheets are thick cardboard in the starter yeah. set, right. all oh, full yeah. color, glossy, beautiful. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah, they're really nice. Um, I I'm really glad I was using these during the game too. Um, uh, even even a spell reference sheet. This had all the like a, most of the spells I think that would be used for. I believe um, yeah, all the spells that are used by any creatures, enemies or allies is on that sheet. See and man, so in the price of failure chart, a little price of failure chart. I think it even there. has the uh, uh, endless spell also on that sheet too. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, yep, the flaming skull. Yeah. Yeah, burning head is that the one? Oh, the burning head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, look at that. That's a that has a difficulty number of six eleven. Yeah, that's wild. How? Yeah, it's you're basically a high end wizard to be able to catch that. Jeez, Uh, I guess. Yeah, that thing would kill (laughs) you. Multiple multiple round channeling and yeah, Mm -hmm. certainly there's got to be talents and things that would really, you know, help help uh, affect those numbers. Right. Yeah. So. Um, a few other things I just want to mention. Um, I know you guys didn't have direct access to this, but um, there's some hard cardboard, glossy, beautiful color maps, map of um, the uh, the parch and the city of Bright Spear. Um, really cool. Uh, of course, PDF comes with all this. You have that too. The inside of the box is a mini GM screen. Um, nice. It definitely could use more, but I mean, you have limited space on the inside of this box, um, but it's a good start. And then um, the inside of the other side of the box is, again, another map of the great parts. Looks great. Um, the So they included uh, tokens in here, too, I wanted to mention. Um, Soulfire tokens, which I really, really enjoy the... Yeah, uh, when you would show that to us over the camera, I, I actually thought those were pretty cool, too. Yeah, there's also tokens for Doom that they have that come in <laughs> this as well. So, um, it's, uh... Ooh. It, yeah, they're pretty cool. And then they have tokens for Metal. Um, so, like, if you want to track Metal that way, too. So, um... They're, they're pretty nifty. There's not a ton of them, like one little set, set of it, but it's uh, really nice. Um, I enjoyed it. And, of course, the dice. I know I showed you guys the dice. It comes with eight red dice with yellow numbers and uh, the the symbol of – is it Akshi? Akshi. Akshi. Yeah. Is that, that the one or the six? That's the six. The six. six. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when I rolled, I was always really happy to see that symbol come up. Yeah. But, yeah. That's That's – a really important thing, right? I mean, yeah. it's nice to have that because I think of all the times playing Star Wars, like you roll a die and you see a triumph or a despair come up and like the whole table just erupts. Yeah. So even if, you're, even if you don't know what what the consequence of the yeah. roll is, right. you, you just, just know assume it's be cool. that you won or lost based on seeing that symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And seeing, you know, rolling and seeing a lot of sixes that would, you know, it, if you had Rend, Rend would... Uh, on those sixes, you're shredding through armor. So like seeing stuff like that, that, that's a nice touch. Honestly, I would say just from what I can see of those, I like those a heck of a lot better than I like the, um, the 2d 10 that were in the Wolfrop starter set. Not that those are bad dice, but they were a little bit harder to read uh, because of the style that they went with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, and that's, that's true. I, uh, I, I, I still thought they were really cool dice, but you're right. They, from a distance away, they can be a lot harder to read these, there's no question, right? The numbers are extremely clear. 
Um, Very bright, yeah. Yeah, um, and I mean, there's one symbol, so you know that's a six. You can tell across the table exactly yeah. what was rolled. So, um, and of course, the color. Uh, and the, the only downside of this is now I want I want a set for all eight. What is it, eight of the realms? Right, eight realms. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, you know. There's that. I'm I cubicle seven would be silly not to make the additional <laughs> sets for those. Um yep. awesome. So I think we cover pretty much everything. So I, I so I guess I know you guys haven't necessarily had all of the physical product in your hand like I have. Um it's a home run. I, I wanna just say that. I, I didn't expect it not to be they did such a good job with the fourth edition. Um I had no doubt that this would be great and it is. Um, it's a great starter set. I highly, highly recommend it. If you're going to play, um, age of Sigmar, um, it's, it's well worth the cost. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. This, this very one, much I would so. not, not be opposed to picking up a copy of this for myself just because it was a lot of fun. And I think I know a lot of people that would enjoy it, whether they would get into the lore or not, I think is right. Not as necessary, but it was definitely, it was and, a lot of fun. And that's, that's what I was going to say earlier is that, have you know that that is a true test of a great rpg is that how do they feel about it even without knowing the lore yeah mm -hmm. yep. because if they're willing the if they're willing thing. to create a character and come back and play even though they don't know why you know like what's going on i mean that that shows that just your base components and your base game is is really good absolutely so I guess let's uh, let's take this opportunity. Let's do some final thoughts, guys. Um, just overall, talk about the starter set, talk about the game, talk about whatever you want. What are your final final thoughts? And and I also would like to know if uh, I know Kyle, you haven't had this, but Matt, I'm really interested to hear if your how your opinion has changed since you've played. And I know we talked about that, but like almost from a score point, like would you rate it higher than you? used to and i don't remember exactly what i rated i think it was like a a nine or something I, but yeah if i remember we were pretty high on this when we did the mm -hmm. just a core book review mm -hmm. it wasn't so much this like the system that i liked then it was the archetypes it was the character creation it was some of the meta currencies i thought were really cool but i can say after having played it i thoroughly enjoyed the system it's again you know i've said it a bunch of times already but the fact that it seemed to flow really smooth. It was, uh, you know, it took the complexity of some of the stuff down a step. Um, the world and the theme doesn't appeal to me as much, but I think mm -hmm. I said that before that that was one of my like concerns about age of Sigmar, but uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. It is an excellent product. The component wise, very nice. And the game was super fun, even uh, up to the point that we've, we've made it to so far Kyle yeah um I I think I you know just the starter set I really really liked um I think it's a good baby step into the game itself um you know and it, you know if it interests you after you play the starter set obviously you're gonna want to dive into it more um I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, I don't really know. I, I think I echo Matt when, like I said, there's not really any negatives about it. Um, other than the fact that I'm not as familiar with the background and, and like Matt said, the lore that I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, 
I'm not going to stay up at night thinking about how awesome it was that I killed a so-and-so because how awesome they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think it was really fun to play and I'm just, you know, looking through character creation and stuff now. And I think it's just, you know, I, I think it looks really, really interesting. And I, you know, I would be very excited to play more, you know, with a longer campaign and get more and more into all of the, all of the stuff that's a little different than Warhammer, but equally awesome. Well, um, so I really got into the uh, Age of Sigmar lore. I know, you know, had a little shout out. If you really want to get into it, look up on YouTube, uh, Two Plus Tough. You know, he explains so much. You know, yes. Uh, I watched. I watched one of those videos last night in preparation mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, uh, I think one a really good voice. So you know, it's really nice to listen to. Um, you know, I've gone through all the Broken Realms uh, books, which I guess is uh, that's for the fantasy battles. You know, like their Age of Sigmar fantasy battles. If we want to call it the tabletop Winnie War games. It, he explains, oh, this is what's happening in the book. And believe it or not, Cubicle 7 and uh, Games Workshop do acknowledge this game. So, you know, we'll maybe see something happen in Soulbound that has been affected by the Broken Realms. Uh, I guess, so I rated higher than what I did last year when we just did the core book because I know more about it. I know more. I've made tons of characters through the character, you know, creation. Um, I do enjoy the star set. The only thing I maybe don't really like about it, and uh, it could just be more of the one check thing, but it doesn't explain much of the city. You know, like maybe I just didn't do that good of a job explaining the city. And I'll admit, you know, sometimes I do, you know, a shoehorn or not shoehorn, but a, move along yeah it's like oh that's a nice building not important let's go you know <laughs> get get in the gyrocopter let's go chop chop and uh, as a player i will say i i have no problem with that 99 percent of the time <laughs> yeah uh the bright spear uh the city guide has goes in a lot more detail has a lot of rumors uh threats uh, and there's one more. I can't remember what they are. Uh, basically, the uh, and plot hooks of different sections of the city. So that does help. But if you, if I knew nothing about Bright Spear, I could easily change the name. You know, I could easily change why your guys are in the catacombs. You know, for this reason. You know, like I said, I won't spoil why you are in there, but the reason you are in there is very much uh, first-time play, one-shot, you know. Right. You guys never really had the option of saying, uh, no, we really don't want to, or, <laughs> you know. Well, so, you know, what's in it for us? You know, are we going to get paid? You know, like, are we going to get access to this and this? Because that's what our campaign goal is, and that's why we came to the city to help you for. It's very much of a, Hey, do you want to help me? And all the players will always, yes, we will help you. What do you want us to do? So uh, if I would have rated, I think, a 9 a year ago, I would say 9.5 now. So I would go a little bit higher, but I already like the system and all that. 
a year ago and has not dipped or it has not changed. Awesome. Well, I got to agree with everything you guys said myself. Um, I, I would add one moment in the the game that really solidified how I feel about Aza Sigmar was when we were entering into a certain building that had some sort of authority, and I'm sitting there wondering about, all right, who's guarding the door, and what about our weapons? Are, are they asking to check our weapons? Are they going to let my uh, Greyhound come in? And, and Nolan, as a GM, is like, you're soulbound. You, you people don't stop you for things like weapons and stuff. And I think when you own the city, right? Yeah, right. Like that's the point that it hit me that this ain't Warhammer, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This is this is fantasy injected with badassery. We are the big Kahuna's. We're here to solve your problems. That like you're a you, hero. You puny mm-hmm. mortals couldn't handle it. That's why we're here. Like I, I mean, that's a little overkill, I think. But you get the point. That's this type of game. Um, and, uh, you know, as someone once said, I think it might, TS might have been the first person that said this to me. But I, I don't remember for sure. But it was, you know, the difference between Age of Sigmar and Warhammer is in Warhammer, you see a bloodthirster. Assuming you don't go insane, you're running away. And in Age of Sigmar, you're charging. That's the mm-hmm. difference. And it's the best way I can explain it. Both systems are great. Um, and playing Age of Sigmar, I can very clearly say I love the mechanics. I like how clean they are. There are a couple things that bother me, uh, complexity, but it's probably something that I would get over with in time that I could be. I think I just don't like it because I can't. I, I don't feel like I could turn around and GM it tomorrow and feel comfortable with it. But mm-hmm. heck, when when I don't think I could ever teach anyone to you know, run a Wolfrup fourth edition game and expect them to be great with it tomorrow. So it's just, it's a great game. And I think I gave it like a nine before, and I would say it's a solid nine, if not better. Um, and, and I will say this, if you enjoy the setting, or if you think the setting is one that you would enjoy, this game is a home run. There's no reason that if you enjoy role playing and you enjoy this setting that you shouldn't play this game. Um, I've there are settings that I've played that have been happened before, you know, that I really enjoy and love, and there's just not good games for them. Or mm-hmm. there's a good game, but it's not a great game. For Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, this is a great tabletop game. And and I highly recommend it. I, th- I think it's really good. So and let me put it this way. I think even Steve would like it, despite the <laughs> fact that they destroyed the old world, which has a little hurt for me still, but it's it's awesome. So, mm-hmm. so that's the end of our show tonight, guys. I, I want to thank you for this bonus episode, uh, us talking about something other than Wolfrup, but this is our sister game, so we we really enjoyed playing this. I can tell you, after this experience, there is zero doubt in my mind that once the starter set for Wrath and Glory comes out, that we are one hundred percent going to do a similar episode. No um, doubt. And uh, I think the plan is before we re- – I'm not sure if we're going to release this before or after the actual play, but we are going to post uh, some bonus episodes of the actual play we played through the starter set. So you'll get to experience the starter set with us. And, of course, this is our review of the starter set and just kind of our our thoughts on the game now that we've had a chance to actually play it. So, um, so yeah. my final, final thought on this is just to hammer home how much I enjoyed it is I want to play it again. I don't know who I would play it with, 
and I'm already trying to think of arguments to get our group to play this for the podcast so that we can play it more. I'm already trying to like think of arguments to tell you, Lance, to get it on the books. Uh, I just don't know. And I'll, I'll, I'll help with Kyle here. Like, I would have no problem running you guys, even if it's something like, you know, maybe twice a year thing. Like, okay, you know, every once in a while, I'll come back and, hey, it's another episode. Yeah. You know, I would have no problem. Uh, I would, <laughs> the only thing I would say is I would maybe push this time you guys to maybe make your own characters because I feel sure. you'd be a little oh, bit I would you know, absolutely more invested. Do that. But I also, it, also, Ritos, these are not bad characters. These are you, great characters. You don't, you, you don't know me, Nolan. You don't I know mean, me, Nolan. I am no. a, I am a character creation freak. Yep. Don't. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'll I mean, give I you a, I'll know, give you an eight-page article tomorrow on my character's <laughs> backstory if you ask me for one. Oh, God. he's not kidding, he's, man. He's not kidding. He's not kidding. I, 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 ha I dangle free XP in front of everybody, and I have to like it takes them months to get me a single paragraph about uh, it. Let me, Kyle, let me Kyle like gave this. it to me within an hour. Oh, <laughs> Kyle had a leather-bound, notarized backstory, fifty-six pages. My backstory was written on a napkin and crayon. So, a great day of right. recording for yeah. sure. Let's let's wrap it up. So, intrepid listeners, keep in touch. Let us know your questions, feedback, and even more show topic suggestions. You can contact us multiple ways by checking out our website at www.oldworldpodcast.com, Twitter at Old World Podcast, or Facebook.com slash Old World Podcast. While you're checking us out on the various social interwebs, be sure to hop on over to our Patreon page and support us. If you like what we're doing and want to help out, become a patron. For only a couple dollars a month, you can help support the show and get some cool rewards, too. Check us out at patreon.com slash oldworldpodcast. Yes, indeed. And also keep in mind, we have dozens and dozens of hours of content on the Patreon that you can get for a pledge of just $5 a month. Feel free to throw in five. Check it out. See if you like it. And if you want to keep with us, that's great. If not, cancel your pledge. Uh, that's good with us, too. Also, let us know what you think. Visit iTunes or your preferred podcast service and rate us. Every review helps us reach even more Warhammer fans. All right. Well, this is Lance saying good night. And as we've said before, if you want to inject your game with badassery, you could do much worse than to play Age of Sigmar Soulbound. This is Matt saying good night. And also remember, when in doubt, launch a drill. This is Kyle. And damn, it feels good to be a soulbound. <laughs> and this is Nolan saying, I'll give you one free fortune point if you bring this show back again. Nice. <laughs> this podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC. 